Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 327. Well, it's Steve here. I am flying solo again this week. Unfortunately, Grant's not able to be with us again tonight. Grant, uh, very, very busy with his uh, day job, or in Grant's case, day, night, and every other time of the day job. He's uh, a very, very busy guy at the moment, uh, finding it hard to do a bit of podcasting. In fact, we both are at the moment, but uh, here we are at the desk. Now, I thought instead of uh, doing some of the usual news this week, we'd do something a little bit different. In fact, uh, we're going to talk about warbirds. Now, back in early September, the uh, Australian uh, National Aviation Museum celebrated a rather significant anniversary, and that is uh, the 75th anniversary of the Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation Wirraway. The Wirraway was a very significant aircraft in Royal Australian Air Force uh, history, primarily used as a trainer, but uh, was also used uh, for some combat duties back in World War II. And it was a locally produced aircraft, a variant of the, uh, I believe, the North American NA-16. I'm sure uh, David can enlighten us a lot more about that at the end of this segment. But uh, we dispatched Max Flight's favourite Australian, Anthony Simmons, out to Moorabbin Airport to observe the celebrations and grab an interview or two. I'm here at the Australian National Aviation Museum for the 75th anniversary of the CAC, Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation's Wirraway Aircraft. And with me is Ewan MacArthur. He's the Secretary of the Australian National Aviation Museum and James Kitely, aviation journalist. Gentlemen, welcome to you both. Thank you very much. Great to be here. If I can ask you, James, to start with about the history of the CAC Wirraway and then if Ewan, if you could follow up on the history of this particular aircraft. Certainly. Well, the uh, the Wirraway is a very important aircraft in Australian uh, history, uh, aviation history particularly of course. Uh, It was the first mass produced aircraft we made in significant numbers. We'd had a couple of aircraft we'd built in sort of five or ten or whatever but uh, this particular design was brought in uh, it's an American design and we licensed produced it in Australia but we actually built both the aircraft and the engines. The company was set up in 1936 first uh, first flight, first production uh, flights were in 1939 which is where we're on the 75th anniversary of and um, the aircraft um, as I say, it was very important in Australian history because we hadn't actually built cars from scratch in Australia. So we went straight from uh, you know, farm machinery and railway support equipment to what was the highest level of technology of the time back then. Um, and uh, we did very well at it. The Wurraway was a good aircraft. Um, so they built starting with number one and we got to number ten. 75 years ago, Ewan. Yes, exactly. And in actual fact, just to make things a little bit more confusing, it's the um, this particular aircraft is the eighth production model. So I think the first two were actually the um, North American uh, trainers, and then they commenced production work. Uh, so basically, uh, what we have here is the oldest surviving Wirraway in the world. But not only that, it's actually the oldest surviving Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation aircraft now in the world. So it's actually got a dual significance uh, in both forms. So uh, we picked this one up from CAC um, many years ago and it's undergone numerous restorations. Uh, This one, however, has been the probably the most extensive one I think done in at least 30 to 40 years. So this is not only a fairly groundbreaking aircraft but a very historical aircraft in terms of Australian aviation history. Absolutely, well especially with today being the 6th of September this actually is the celebration today on this day according to its logbook when it made its first flight. Wow, impressive. It's basically, yeah, it's, it's having a, a very special day as a result. Um, the finish that uh, it's been done in is the exact finish that it would have rolled off the production line. Only the first 22 or 23, I think, were in silver. And then after that, they moved into the wartime camouflage finish. Uh, and so, yeah, so this one also, as I understand, is now the only um, 
uh, I think it's the only Wirraway now that's uh, in silver. Uh, currently, I believe so, yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any others. And can you give me a bit of a background in regards to the actual restoration project itself, you know, an idea of how much effort's gone in? Yeah, absolutely. This uh, this particular uh, project uh, is basically all, it's all volunteer hours and started about two and a half months ago. Uh, now, by way of comparison, the other big CAC restoration that has been done at the museum was the CAC series, which is what the Wirraway uh, evolved into post-war. Um, that particular restoration took 10 years. So what you're looking at essentially is the result of people turning up every weekend, and we're talking a lot of younger people turning up, which has been fantastic under the guys. Uh, they've been uh, under the careful eye of Ash Briggs, who is the chairman of the museum, but also a master restorer of aircraft. Um, it's highly considered worldwide for the work that he does. Um, so basically we stripped it down, replaced a lot of parts that were too corroded and of course being 75 years old that metal wasn't made to last back then so uh, there was a lot of stuff there that required replacing. Um, but yeah the beauty of it was a lot of younger people came in um, and we estimate conservatively probably about two, two and a half thousand hours over the last couple of months has been has been placed on this aircraft to uh, actually bring it back to standard. We still have the original logbook. Um, might even see if we can dig that out a little bit later and show people. We reunited the aircraft with one of its original pilots earlier in the year, oh, uh, 94-year-old Murray Adams, who uh, remarked upon seeing it for the first time that he was sure that he'd left it in better condition when uh, he'd flown it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're always a dime a dozen, those pilots. But no, it was wonderful just to be able to do that because, uh, unfortunately, that's becoming too much of a rarity now. Well, folks, so if you're interested, why not pop down and have a bit of a wander around the Australian National Aviation Museum? I can highly recommend it. It's very, very impressive. Well, Ewan, James, thanks once again from PCDU. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And thank you, Anthony. A fantastic interview there. That's, in fact, a cut-down version of a about a 10-minute interview, which, which uh, we'll be releasing a bit later on in the year. Well, I should say that. It's already December, isn't it? So we'd better get on with it. The Wirraway, as you heard, they're uh, quite a significant aircraft in Australia's aviation history. They were uh, introduced in 1939, and they flew them for about 20 years, retiring them in 1959. Uh, there were some 755 of them produced, and they were all produced here in Australia, except, of course, for those first two development aircraft, as you heard. And uh, for Local listeners, uh, if you haven't been out to the uh, the Aviation Museum there at uh, Moorabbin, there's a lot of uh, fantastic uh, aircraft out there and well worth a visit if you're ever out that way. Well, that's everything I have for you on this week's Australia Desk. I suppose we'll try and wheel Grant back in next week. I think that'd be good. In fact, we might make him do a bit more work next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. Cheers, folks.